at that point in time when our body and mind was trying to ask us why are you doing this slow down stop sit down relax put your legs up but you had somewhere a voice in you that was keeping on saying keep going keep going you're almost there like preet says a part of you is already at the finish line you just have to meet that part it's the voices in your head and the one that you feed through allows you to continue and all of us had the positive thoughts in us that kept us going Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. I am super pumped about today's episode because it's all about running. Now, you may not know this, but just this past weekend, my buddies and I completed a 42.2k marathon. It is a massive achievement for all of us because we would never considered ourselves as runners, but we finally did it. We've put our pedal to the metal and we've made it happen. even more so because this was a self hosted marathon now this episode is with me and my two other running buddies preet and jitender who you're going to hear we talk a lot about the thoughts that we had before the run during the run and finally post the run and not only that some of the best lessons that we are taking away into our personal lives so if you are pumped as much as i am i want you to grab your headset Grab a cup of coffee because this episode is slightly longer, but I assure you, it's an amazing episode for you to listen into. Help me cue the music. You're listening to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast, a podcast designed to help retailers, restaurateurs, and entrepreneurs simplify business operations and use modern technology to elevate their business. Here's your host, Darren Batia. Welcome to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. Today is a very special episode. I've got two phenomenal guests with me, Preet and Jitender, aka G2, who are my running buddies. And we've recently completed a marathon, and I wanted to bring the two of my best running mates on this podcast, talk about what their journey looked like and what are some of the lessons they've learned. So let me have them introduce themselves. Preet, why don't we start with you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, how are you guys? Me, I am. working in dubai as a salesperson for a company i have a small startup for myself and been almost all my life in dubai running on and off but i think running with jitu and dirain since last two years consistently if i were to introduce my journey it, it's been one of the things that i could say myself that i am a runner now <laughs> i think i've promoted to that level self promoted indeed hi everyone Jitu here I've been born and brought up in Dubai I met Dirain in high school so we know each other for over 20 years now Preet and I bumped into each other I think 2 years ago and it was during a run that we met and it's been a phenomenal journey since then and looking forward to sharing the experiences with y'all shortly Absolutely and I think that's a good place to start no we recently just completed a 42.2k marathon less than a week ago and i want to start with asking you preet how do you feel after having completed that marathon i feel absolutely great and i think it's been a goal that has never seen a daylight it's always been postponed to the next year or next two years and i have been running since almost 8 years inconsistently i would think and always wanted to complete a marathon so it's absolutely a great achievement all i kept thinking to myself was like you know what have to do 42 kilometers before we turn 42 <laughs> so that was a good tick off the goals list 
Jitu, how do you feel having finished this marathon? Oh, I think it's amazing. It still feels surreal for me. I mean, sometimes when I close my eyes, I can still see myself running. <laughs> and, <laughs> I think that feeling doesn't go away for some time because the long journey that we had preparing for the marathon to actually running it, it's no longer something that's on my wish list. And thanks to you guys having a structured process through it, it's become a goal and a goal that has been ticked off. So thank you. Yeah, thank you to all of us, right? One of the things I wanted to talk about at a later point is some of the lessons we've learned and I'll share some of my lessons as well in how you can't do something like this on your own. But we'll leave that for later. My question here is, I guess, Jitu, you were mentioning this when you were introducing yourself, how we all met. And I think that's a great place to start with. We're not runners. We've become runners along the way. And as Preet said, right, we can now put runners in our bio. Actually, that's one of the first things I did after I finished the marathon. I went to my Instagram profile and I said marathoner. Now I can proudly say that I ran a marathon. So let's talk about how we all met. So Jitu, you mentioned that you and I are, are friends from high school. We go back 20 years. Preet and I met at a business event at a group called BNI, which we were both members of. Preet, that was 2016, 2017? 2017, I believe. Yeah, 2017. We didn't connect during the BNI group meetings. I think we connected much after. This is back in 2018 or 2019, I think, that we reconnected. We reconnected on 2018. I think I was working on a tender and data quality and technology. I reached out to Cloudscape to you to come and have a talk. And at the same point, we were also planning to migrate to Canada. We talked about Canada experiences and I told you, listen, you know, I've got to get you out for dinner with your missus and with Hethel, who's my wife, to talk about Canada and what your experiences is, what's going to be all like over there. And then we spoke about introducing you to my brother-in-law for some network as business because he's also into the food industry and connected over the breakfast on 24th. On 24th of December, twenty, I think it was 2018. 2018. 2018, 24th of December, we're having breakfast and we hatched this plan that we're going to run a 10K marathon the next day, which was called the Christmas Run with our running group, DCS, the Bike Peak Striders. So we ran that and we met for breakfast. And I think that's where we hatched another plan to run the 21K half marathon. We had breakfast in 2019 and we ran that Christmas morning run on, in 2019. And then we ran the half marathon in Feb 2020. Where did we make the plan to run the full marathon? Was it after the half that we decided that we should run the full? After the half marathon, we were talking about what we're going to do next because we all had in our mind that if we stop now, if we don't have something to look forward to, we would slow down our training plan. So we spoke about traveling to different places to do the half marathons that year in 2020, followed by the Mumbai Marathon, which we were planning, or one of the marathons, Starry Chatter or Mumbai Marathon, whichever came first. And little did we know what was coming down the pipe in 2020, right? So I know Preet and I made this plan. We hatched this plan over breakfast. And I think most of our hairbraid plans come up during breakfast. How did we rope Jito into this discussion? I think we had a call with him or we just called him up and he said, listen, it's time for us to run a full marathon. Jito, what do you remember from this? I just remember a casual call from you. And then suddenly you conferenced in Preet. And I wasn't asked. It was more like an instruction. <laughs> saying that this is what it is we are registering we want you to register too like i said it wasn't an option it was a decision that was made and i was just made to comply that's lesson number one after running a marathon let someone force you into doing something that you're not comfortable with that is so true i guess we all need someone to help us out of our comfort zone and we would never push ourselves 
if we didn't have someone else behind us throughout this journey absolutely so preet you said some of this as you were talking about the half marathon so i think before the full marathon what would you say your running experience was like how good were you as a runner we reached a point of consistent before the full marathon in some way we enjoyed running before the half marathon i would think i was wannabe runner because <laughs> i would run every now and then and not have that much motivation to wake up the next day and do the same loops being part of the community or a small support group that i would call it having accountability that you know what somebody's going to wait at 6:30 in the morning at the canal where we did most of our practice runs was absolutely phenomenal game changer like i kind of realized the power of accountability partner but till that time i wasn't very good with being accountable to myself <laughs> and also having a goal post to run towards i had never signed up for a half marathon i thought that you know what once i do 21 on my own i will be worthy enough to sign up for a half marathon yeah and like you right i don't think i was ever a runner either before the half marathon like you said it took a lot of practice it took a lot of 6 am starts and just getting to the starting point and then just consistently running jitu your experience was the same too what was your experience like unlike you guys i actually thought i was the runner during my high school the only difference is i used to run short distance and i thought i was it this is what i wanted to do i loved running but long distance running was something that i never expected to be so different experience than what i used to do back in high school i mean running competitions for 400 meters 600 meters relays and all is understandable but long distance running is a whole new ball game after that 10k we realized that that requires a different set of preparation and training absolutely right and i want to talk about how we started prepping for the full marathon so we've jumped back and forth in time but i think at this point where we are now is in terms of the story we've completed the 21k marathon we've hatched a plan to run 42 and just after covid had struck and we planned to do this at some point in 2021 i want all of us to go back to that time about how we started prepping for the 42 i'll start with preet as well preet what was your experience like when you started prepping for the 42 i think when we started prepping for 42 there were no races on the agenda right most of the calendars were blank because we were in midst of pandemic you were in canada i think at that time we weren't practicing for the 42 but we were still running consistently seeing you run in snow I told you we really have to get up our game. <laughs> If the rain is running in snow, we can bear a little bit of heat, and we would meet up at Zabil. After you came back, we were meeting more consistently, and somewhere DCS also started its gatherings. I believe that's when we were talking about like what next. Let's make a travel plan. Let's do something. I think you said it there. And if you don't sign up for something or set a hard stop, we will not get there. You know, Jitu and I were very easy going about this. Probably do it after everything pandemic gets over or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember us talking that now that we ran the twenty one k, let's try to maintain that distance but better our pace. So we were still reluctant to get into the forty two k, but Drain, you were the one that had that vision in mind and kept us on the track. Like Preet said, right? Having a date to something in life really makes it happen. Otherwise, we were all. waffling back and forth we like yeah we'll sign up for the one in feb we'll sign up for the one in march i think putting a date really made a big difference for all of us so i think in july august 2020 that's when we actually decided done we're going to run a 42 and we're going to start prepping like we said we started running with our dcs group again i think because we had completed a 21 i think we had some mileage under our feet we knew what 21 looked like 
but I don't think any of us expected what a full 42 would look like. Jitu, what were some of your thoughts that were going through your head before we ran the 42? If I could just start back, while even training for the 21, we never actually ran the 21. So the maximum distance we ran was around, I think, 16 or 18K. And we always expected that the remaining 4 5K will complete it during the half marathon. And till today, I remember that it was the around the 18K mark that my mental memory or muscle memory told me that, you know, this is it. This is the maximum that you have ever ran. So pushing that extra 4 5K was a task. But uh, coming back a couple of months later when trying to actually set a goal for the 42, so we said, let's try to structure it. And running the 21K again became easier and easier during our practice sessions. Just to think about up until a year ago, a few months ago, we never ran a half marathon. And now we're running it consistently every other week. We're running it to earn our breakfast, like 21K. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can make more hairbrain plans at the next breakfast meeting. Just going to share a quick story. My wife and I, Shweta, we talk about every Friday that I go running and she says, how much are you going to go run? I'm like, you know, I'll run maybe a 15 or a 20. And now that she knows we've run a half, she's like, oh, that's it. Just a 21. And she makes it sound so easy. And like Jitu was saying, right? It is now after having run a half marathon and having prepped and practiced. Now running a 21K marathon doesn't sound like a big deal. But to many, many people, I think 21 is a very big number. So I want to talk about just that for a few seconds. Maybe if you could give some pieces of advice, Jitu, what would that be to someone who wants to run their first half marathon, what would that be? I think more than anything, the learnings that I had is we need to pace ourselves because physically during the journey, it's a race. However, it's a race that you need to finish. So it's more of a distance coverage than a time coverage for your first attempt. A tip for a new runner is that, you know, go slow, understand your body, understand your rhythm. No need to focus on the person ahead of you or the first person behind you. It's your body and your pace that you need to focus on. 100%. Preet, what would your tips be for someone who wants to run their first half? Not even their first half, maybe their first 10. Actually, I had a couple of them. First of all, I would really highly recommend to sign up for a race and work backwards. That gives you a hard deadline of by when you're going to finish the race. Second thing, which I believe all of us shared when we had signed up after the Venus Dosas, we were like, you know, let's sign up for the half marathon. We all agreed that we aren't sure yet if we will complete or not, but we will show up at the starting line and that's going to be a win for us and the major game changer for me i'm not sure which book i read it in i think said gordon he had mentioned is to build your tribe i kind of had a mental checklist of all the friends that i have it's like if you want to become a runner or an athlete how many people in your circle are athletes or are runners so that was one of the major turning point for me that building a relationship with you jitu having a tribe who are looking at the same goal Every longer run that we did, there's a shared comfort and misery. <laughs> 100%. Totally agree. I mean, at some point in time, we were eating, breathing, and sleeping running throughout the last 12 to 18 months. And you know, one thing that Preet mentioned that I want to highlight is he mentioned Venus Dosa. So just a tip for everyone who's listening, we actually used to look forward to the breakfast post every run. So we actually never got running because we wanted to run. We actually wanted to get together and have breakfast have a chat, have a coffee and just, you know, shoot the shit really. And so looking forward to those breakfasts, I think that really made us consistent. And one of the tips I've learned from this is have a reward for each run that you do for yourself. Celebrate even the smallest success and have something to look forward to post-run. So whether it's breakfast, whether it's movie or if it's a tub of popcorn, whatever it is, keep that 
front and center. So I think that's one tip that I wanted to add to the tips that you guys were talking about. Okay, so in terms of timeline and journey, we've now run 21. We're all prepped. We've got lots of adrenaline. COVID has just happened. Now we're talking about running of 42. And I think we started running consistently when I was back from Toronto. So we started running, prepping for our marathon, I think July, August, 2020, September even maybe, because that's when our running group started running. And I think up until January, I don't think we knew that we were going to run a marathon because everything was canceled. Remind me, what was that like for you? As of almost running towards no goal post, <laughs> which is running aimlessly, which is nice. In, in most of the runs, it got fun that we were just running because we enjoyed running. We enjoyed the breakfast meetups with the boys after that. And I felt myself slacking a bit during the week. The Fridays, I think we were very consistent because we always had something to look forward to. Like you said, cue craving reward. There was everything attached to the Friday mornings that we met up. There were friends running, had great conversations, listened to the music or podcasts, and look forward to the breakfast every Friday. Yeah. Jitu, what are your thoughts? What was your time before you knew you were going to run a marathon? I think it's on the spot. Loza to near. We were just saying we need to lock in a date. And that's when we actually pen down the date of initial date of February 28th, if I'm correct. And eventually pushed by a week to March 5th. But yes, around December is when I remember us saying that this is it. Now we've put in a date and let's work backwards and plan ourselves to hit that goal. Yeah, absolutely. That's I think that's about the right time. In December, we penned down a date and we said, we'll run a marathon no matter what. And taking on one of Preet's tips from earlier, right? We set a date. And we worked our way backwards on that date. What was the run setup looking like? So we decided to run along the palm. We decided to run on the crescent, back to back. Preetan, Jitu, why don't you tell us what did that setup look like? Yeah, so initially when we had thinking about locking in a date for the marathon, the next discussion point was, so where are we going to run it? And a couple of options that came across were either we run it through the canal or we run it on Jumeirah Beach or... The third option that came in was the crescent. And because the canal and the Jumeirah Beach were not as long distance and would involve us to run throughout the streets. So from a safety point of view, since this being a not formally organized marathon, we decided to go for the palm option, which was running from one side of the crescent all the way to the other, which was a distance of around 11 kilometers each way. So to complete our 42K, we would have to do that four times. And I think also the key thing to talk about here is we set this whole thing up ourselves. We actually set up water breaks, food stations along the way ourselves because this was a self-hosted marathon. And that obviously was a very important thing to do in hindsight. If we hadn't done that, I think we would have broken down crying midway during the run if we hadn't done that setup. And thank God to the friends who lent us the ice the box. cooler box, yeah, because we would <laughs> yes. have died man, without the cooler boxes. But I guess I just wanted to add that that shows our level of commitment that we had that once we set a date, irrespective of who is going to run along with us, whether it was a formal run or not, we are going to do it. And somewhere in our mind, we knew that we wanted to finish. How we would do it, like Preet said, running, jogging, crawling or rolling, that we would just have to find out. But yes, we all wanted to do this. It was something that we were committed to and that dedication led us to completing it. I remember I wanted to add that we were debating whether we could do it alone, ourselves. We knew we could organize the marathon, but somewhere we had become quite dependent on a group pulling us, following the groups as a herd. 
with the herd, we were able to finish 42. So we weren't sure if we would have been able to do it on ourselves. Most of our friends, if anyone wants to come support us, do the 10K, 15K until the last day or two back before the marathon. Nobody had signed up. And I kept telling myself, you know what? It would have been a better idea. If we ran with a group, we could have postponed it or pre-poned our marathon. And part of me also said that, you know what? If we do it on our own, I think our dependency will go. We will have so much confidence that, you know what? This is what we did it all by ourselves. We went to the finish line without depending on anybody else as a true athlete. <laughs> yeah. I remember this conversation quite a lot. We actually debated this extensively to say, should we run with someone? Should we run with a bigger group? Should we run by ourselves? Because we were all very intimidated by the number. I think 42 is a big number. It still is. And you can't take that away. But like you said, Preet, I think we were very, very nervous, I think, of having to do this by ourselves. Because we've talked a lot about how we were prepping and running consistently. I want to take us now to the starting line at the 42. And I want to talk about how you were feeling as you were starting. So Preet, I'll ask you to share some of your thoughts that were running through your mind at the starting line. One of the thoughts that I had, because it was a supported marathon by ourselves, although there were so many hotels around, there were very few toilets accessible. <laughs> we, were like at, uh, we started at, what, 4.30, prepping for the marathon. And I was like, what am I going to do if I have to go to the toilet? That's the only thing that was running in my mind. And second thing was, I knew we all would make it. The only thing that kept running in my mind is, what if there is an injury? What if we run out of water? How fashionably are we going to run or complete the marathon? Because we kind of had the confidence that, you know what, no matter what, we're going to complete 42K, even if it's running, walking or crawling at the end of it. I think Preet was a lot more optimistic than two of us were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I had seen all of us at the finish line, remember? <laughs> yes, yes. I think you manifested. I think that's really the key word, right? You've predicted the future and you've told yourself what the future looks like. And I think that's a big secret to your success too, I think. Before I turn the mic over to Jitu, just to lay out for the audience that this was not an organized marathon as such. We actually planned this ourselves because there was no other marathon happening. We decided to host a self-hosted marathon. We did our own setup. We did our own route choosing. And then we started running. So I think that also is a very big lesson in getting motivated to do something. You know you're motivated when you've got everything planned yourself, you've kept your things ready, you've done your own setup for the marathon. I think that's a huge example of how motivated we were to run this 42. So I want to ask Jitu, Jitu, what were some of your thoughts running through your head before you started running? Oh, a couple of hours before the marathon, just I realized that I was getting very anxious. I mean, the adrenal rush was in my mind running. I couldn't rest that easily. I would always get up early in the morning thinking that it's time yet. and I need to reach the start line. I should not be late and leaving you guys hanging. On the start line over there, 4.30 in the morning, after we prepped up, I was like, let's do this. I was optimistic. I was looking forward to it. I didn't know how I would feel two hours later, but at the start line, I was energetic. And it shows from the picture that Preet had clicked then that we all had smiles on our faces. And I don't know whether that was genuine smiles or that was a fear we were hiding, but... Or just <laughs> smiled out of nervousness. <laughs> yes, possibly. But it was amazing. Yeah, I share the same thoughts. I think we were genuinely very excited, also very nervous. I don't think Jitu and I had seen the finish line yet like Preet had. We were talking about how we're going to do this. 
I think for me, excitement was obviously running through our veins. There was a lot of energy. I remember Preet playing Eye of the Tiger to motivate <laughs> us in the car before we started running. And I'm like, yes, this is it. We're going to do it now. And believe it or not, I actually played that song multiple times during the marathon to keep me going. That's true. Now, I just want to talk about what was some of the thoughts that were going through your heads towards sort of the midway, maybe more than the midway. Because we've run 21, obviously. It didn't really get tough till the 21. I think it got tough after that point. So, Preet, where did it start to get tough for you? For me, I think when we started, like pretty much every run, it takes time to warm up. Maybe a couple of kilometers, five kilometers to six kilometers. Perhaps because we were doing it way earlier than we would normally run. I felt a bit clunky in my body. You guys are clearly more faster paced runners than me. We were pacing each other while leading. I was thinking to myself, you know what? 42 is great. Maybe we should do, I should do fastest 21 at least. And then figure out the next 21, how it's going to go. Because I knew somewhere that we're going to have a slower pace after 21. And there was also part of me which was soaking in the night because I wanted it to be different because I thought that, you know what, the boredom is going to kick in. So I was sort of waiting, when is the boredom going to kick in of running the same lap because we were doing the loops of the pump. I feel I was okay till 30. Till 30, I managed to put myself 30 or 33. I think it was the end of the third loop. And that's when I sat down at rest point that we had, had some dates, had was only one bottle of water for some reason at that station. And all of a sudden, the sun came out and I realized how hot it got because it was at around 10, 15 in the morning. And that's when I thought that, you know what, I don't think so. I'm going to be able to run back. <laughs> I was alone at that point over there. Where Fareed and Hazel, they both came and supported a little bit, cheered up, said, all right, you can do it. So mentally, my breakdown point, I think, came at 33. What were some of the thoughts that were going through your head at that point? You said you're not going to be able to run it back. Anything else that was running through your head? There were a lot of things. One of the toughest things that I had done before the full marathon was going cycling up Jabal Jays with my friends. And, you know, the same loop that came in my mind, there was a part of me I knew that, okay, even if we don't complete, one day we are going to complete it. And there was another part of me which was saying that, you know what, it's going to stay. Just complete the 42 once and it's going to become so much easier. We thought we would not be able to do 21. And once we did 21, right now at this point, be it prepared or not prepared, on a Thursday night, if you call me and tell me, let's run 21 tomorrow, I will confidently say yes, because I knew we have finished it. So that sense of achievement was there. And a fear, because my son was also there. So I was like, okay, what is he going to think if I don't finish 42? <laughs> so I think there was an added pressure for me because of Rishi more than anybody else, because he kept on saying, go, Papa. I think you've had enough rest. <laughs> it's only 42. Not a big deal. You can do it. And I believe at that point, I had overrun the lap. And Jitu called me. He's like, we are turning around. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my God, if they're going to turn around, means I'm just going to play catch up. It's not about playing catch up, but that I will be running the rest of the lap alone. <laughs> that was what was going in my mind. Yeah. So I want to ask Jitu, what was your breaking point in the marathon? Where did you decide to say, this is becoming very tough for me? So if I take myself to that day of March 5th, we're reaching the palm. We've set up our drink stations, our food stations. It's 5 a.m. We are ready to start. 
there was an excitement there was nervousness and we all started our watches and we ran like preet said despite how much ever you've run in training every day is a new run so you need to listen to your body and it takes a couple of kilometers until you warm up so the first 5 7 kilometers were an effort after that it became slightly easier for the next around 15 when we completed we came back to the two loops so we completed the half marathon and we started on the third loop so somewhere around 26k is when the sun started to come out and my body was starting to give me signs of you know are you sure you want to do this you still have a lot to go and at that point i decided to slow myself down and focus on trying to get through the next kilometer at a time before i reached the 5 kilometer water station and that's when preet was way ahead you and me were running together and it was either one of us looking at each other as signs of support that do you want to rest do you want to rest <laughs> and that eye contact was just enough to keep us going for some time it was getting hot and that is something i don't think we practiced well enough i mean we ran in the rain we ran long distance the maximum we ran during our training was 35k so as we approached the 30k mark it started to hit us that you know the body exhaustion was kicking in but thankfully once we started the last loop then we knew it was just a home stretch and despite the sun being out despite our body giving up we just decided to keep going and it was more of a mental challenge at that point in time than a physical one i remember at that point you decided also to remove your shoes and run barefoot for the last 10k so why don't you continue from there on one of the stupidest decisions <laughs> i ever made i was <laughs> but hey looking back at it good story to tell but i just wanted to say that it's funny how your body will give you every reason to stop because i know when jitu and i were running together at the 26 27k mark we're looking at each other and we started talking to each other we said you know ah, my heel is paining calves are hurting my shoe is biting this just every imaginable excuse that we could come up with to not finish to not run i think that was also my tough point that 27 28 k mark i said you know i'm not going to be able to finish this and yes along the way then we got to a point where i ended up making the decision to take my shoes off this episode of the elevated entrepreneur podcast is brought to you by the cloudscape care package this care package is designed specifically for retail and restaurant business owners if you've got a retail or restaurant business or considering open one and talk to us at cloudscape.ae or drop us a line at hello@cloudscape.ae and we'll show you how the care package and all of its features including training, implementation and support can help you set up for success. I want to just hold here for a minute because I think this is a very important moment in the marathon is when you are facing an uphill battle, you're tired, the sun's up, you're exhausted both mentally and physically. but something kept us going and i want to know what that is because i think that's in one of the key lessons that we all took from this marathon preet what was that lesson or what was that thing that you told yourself that made you continue for me there were a few things at every point up to 33 was sort of a breeze in some way so it wasn't that easy because we knew we had done 33 or 35 we had done a lap practice run while running back when it got hot i had to change some story in my mind I used to joke with my son every time when we had gone for hiking or there would be sun out where he would go oh I'm tired it's so hot I would tell him that listen the sun is the solar power it's giving you power and energy 
and he would go like oh but i'm tired i don't feel the energy i'm like because he would do some workout i'm like you're not spending energy you're producing energy and that's the same story i would tell myself and there was a part of me which was having the imposter syndrome is like dude you just tired don't worry sit down <laughs> take rest you will be able to complete this they say that the good wolf and the bad wolf both were debating in my mind at that point and then i caught up with you after a kilometer or something we were climbing the bridge after the one only as soon as we climbed the bridge seeing the sea the water the blue sky i started just thinking of the things that i was grateful for i started telling myself i don't know if you heard it you were also under quite tremendous pressure and fatigue i kind of started saying out loud i'm grateful for the blue sky i'm grateful for the energy people have spent to make this payment that i'm running on that i get to run here i'm grateful for dubai or you know sheikh mohammed for creating palm island where we are running <laughs> after so many years that we get to do this i just kept on thinking of positive thoughts at 33 or 35 is when i switched to music as well listening to some fun hindi beats that kept me going and singing out loud so i think the positive thoughts was just gratefulness thoughts that kept me going and i kept looking at my watch the only thing i kept looking at is like all right one more kilometer one more kilometer that's the incentive i was giving myself just to the next station i think one of the smartest decisions i felt in the hindsight that we had made is instead of having the water station every 5 kilometers we made it every 2 and 1/2 kilometers so it was something to look forward to every 2 and 1/2 kilometers one of the best decisions we made in that marathon 100% to keep those water stations every 2 and 1/2k yeah it really helped us towards the last loop that we had done since i'm playing that moment back what preet was talking about he's running in front of me we are now at 33 33 and a half and he's talking to me as well i'm hearing him motivate me and all i see suddenly his hands go out you know as if he's extending his arms into a big open hug and he's like because i think at this point you were thanking the blue skies and you were just so excited to see the sun and i'm like what is this guy doing he's gone nuts the sun has finally got into him that was my shahrukh khan moment for listeners yeah, that was your shahrukh khan moment <laughs> <laughs> and at this point is where i was also cursing myself cuz i decided to take the shoes off and run the last 10 12k barefoot and the payment was really hot so but in my mind there were a lot of things stopping me and holding me back and wanting me to not finish the run and i see preet ahead of me putting his hands out and like where does he get this energy from i wish i had that energy source i think it was the sun that was your energy source the sun gives you energy right there's a thing that somebody had told me it looks majestic over the water but under the water it's flapping its feet it's one of those things when we see other runners run you feel that they are running in the zone they are like already having the high whereas we are struggling and when we look at each other that's this mutual feeling that we get from everyone yeah everybody's got their own troubles during that marathon right i totally agree i guess this is the learning that i would like to share is that at that point in time when our body and mind was trying to ask us why are you doing this slow down stop sit down relax put your legs up but you had somewhere a voice in you that was keeping on saying keep going keep going you're almost there like preet says a part of you is already at the finish line you just have to meet that part so keep going it's the voices in your head and the one that you feed through allows you to continue and all of us had the positive thoughts in us that kept us going yeah and i think what i'm hearing also as we're talking about this after a certain point it wasn't really the physical exhaustion that kept us from completing this run it was actually the mental exhaustion and the story we were telling ourselves in our heads of how easy it is to give up 
how it'd be nice to put your feedback up on a couch and we could run this at some other point. But I think overcoming that at that point in time was, I think, the secret to finishing everything. And I think that's true for anything in life. Whatever you've got ahead of you, no matter how tough it is, it's about the story you tell yourself and how you frame it in your mind is what's going to take you to the finish line. So now I want to just ask Jitu, Jitu, you finished the run. What are some of the lessons that you could share with the listeners about doing something so big and so exceptional? The lesson that I got most out of this is that, you know, unless you don't do it, you don't realize what your body and your mind is capable of. So whatever goal you like, whatever passion you have, set up a structure, set up a timeline, get a crew that has similar thoughts so that you can actually take active steps towards it. And once you do complete it, it's just a satisfaction that you cannot get from any other experience that you will have. So taking it from your list is something that I love to do. And I've taken this to another level of, I started to work on my next goal. And that is something we'll talk about in the next segment about how we plan to celebrate completing our marathon. Yeah, because I think we had breakfast and then we came up with some other hairbrain plan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we wanted to top this plan. The infamous breakfast. <laughs> Famous breakfast plan. Preet, what were some of your lessons that you took away from having finished the marathon? Adding to what Jesus said, mind all matter, the story that you keep telling yourself. I had seen one of the podcasts or videos of Jesse Itzler on Instagram, one of the guys I really look forward to and who had done 100 miles and he kept on saying how he changed his story. Instead of saying that I'm feeling tired, he kept on saying that, oh, I'm feeling energetic. How he builds emotional attachment towards his goals. Every time he runs, it goes there. And I feel that there was continuous talk in my mind that I wanted to really enjoy the run rather than just reach the finish line. So I kept on telling myself that, okay, you know what? You are going to go to the finish line. Either you're going to go miserable over there or you're going to enjoy the process. So the self-talk was quite interesting for me and pushing the boundaries. So for me, the major takeaway was to enjoy the journey before we reach the destination, no matter how miserable it was. I would like to add that I know we reached the finish line part of it, but the last five kilometers for me were the toughest. Really, really, really the toughest. I think that would be the major breaking point for me during the run for some reason. I believe all of you guys, everybody that was running with us, the support crew, by the time your wife Shwata had come off, Hetal was there, Farid was there, Rishi was there, cheering group was there. The story I just kept telling myself, it's just one more kilometer. It's going to be so much easier after 39. It's going to be much easier after 40, except it did become more difficult after 40 for me because at that point, the sun was so hot that my feet started feeling the burn of the ground. I remember at 40 kilometer point, I stopped, called Hazel, I told her, listen, get some water and come here. She came with water and she looked at me weird when I put, I drenched my shoes with water and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it's really, really hot. <laughs> like my feet are burning. And at 40 kilometer, what I did, which I had not done earlier in the practice run is I started running faster than our normal pace, my average pace. That's where the little bit of a fear kicked in that, you know what? If I don't sprint this out, I don't think I'm going to make the last two kilometers and I can't stop at 40. Like we've not come all this way to stay here. We've come all this way to cross the finish line. It was that interesting experience. 
So definitely a group, having camaraderie, having friends to run with. I don't feel the goal had to be lonely. I know goals are lonely at times, but having a group of people, be it Jitu, you, Dirain, you from point to point, Hethel, Rishi shouting, go papa, was really inspiring. I want to set context because I think we haven't talked about timeline. So we started running at 5 and what we're talking about at the 40-42k mark, this is just about 11.45 and we're talking about a very, very hot sun, Dubai heat, sunny afternoon. It happened to be one of the hottest Fridays in record, almost 38, 39 degrees. So when you were talking about your shoes burning and your feet burning, I just wanted to explain why we were actually going through all of that pain and turmoil because it was actually 38, 39 degrees and the sun was just beating down. There was no shade in sight. So, Preet, I want to recap. You mentioned some very important lessons, right? Number one is have a group, have your tribe. Number two is get people to believe in the same goal as you, the same excitement and the same passion. And I think the other thing you mentioned was what you're telling yourself at that moment in time, how you change the story. So like you said, you know, it's not the sun that's hurting you. It's the sun that gives you energy. All of these internal conversations have to be reframed to be able to finish something so big and something so massive. Anything else you want to add, Preet? I have a colleague of mine who keeps on talking whenever we are in the tough situation. He keeps on clapping his head and it's like, it's so easy. Uh, you know, at times I want to look at him and throw water at his face saying that this is not easy. <laughs> And that's one of the things that kept on in my mind also. I kept on running and it's like, this is so easy. <laughs> the conversations we have with ourselves. I was also playing mind games just like you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I want to add is with the tips if anyone wants to do running and this is something that I had done is I think in some way we all had done it. We had announced it to every single family member and friend that we are running on 5th March and come see us there. So that pressure of really finishing it was quite high. The stakes were very high. Everyone was going to ask the question, what happened? How was your run? And we wanted to say, fantastic. We nailed it. Or we could have said that, you know what? We didn't really run this day. We're going to do it next year or next month. That shame itself is probably the reason why we all finished it because we didn't want to go back and tell everybody we didn't finish it. Social pressure can be quite a big motivator too, no? <laughs> yes. How you change the story, right? I think we brought it on us and once we set the date, in order for us to believe it, we wanted it to spread it around. So we spread it as much as we can. And somewhere during the last 5k over there, that also kicked in that, you know, we made a commitment to ourselves. We made a commitment to each other, but we also spread it across out in the universe. So now it is, we have to finish it because it's out there. 100%. Jitu, what are some of your lessons learned, something that you take back to your daily life? I guess, you know, we sit down on our couches, we sit down on our phones. It's easy to make a list. And when we actually go out there and try to get it done, more than half of us quit. Just beginning of a new habit, especially something that is not easy. So having accomplished this, I just feel right now that I'm ready to challenge myself even more, try out something new and just test my limits because I've done it once, I can do it again. 100%. I wanted to add that I think there's a few lessons that we all learned as a group, right? And we've said it already, but I'll just recap it. If anybody's either interested in running a full or a half marathon, first, find your group, find someone who will run it with you. Number two, Jitu, you said this during the conversation, don't look at somebody else. Look at what you're doing. It's only your journey. 
and nobody else is. So don't focus on the person in front of you or the person behind you. Just listen to yourself and your body and think about how you're going to finish what you started rather than figuring out how the other person is doing what he's doing. And the other big lesson is persistence, right? Consistency. I don't think we would have run the 42 if we hadn't done all the practice runs and we hadn't done all the early morning starts of the 10 and the 15 and the 20 and the 35. We got here because we were doing this consistently. Yeah, and I really want to know this part of your story. I remember this. G2 and Hitesh, who was also running with us, one of us, one of the buddies, were ahead. I met you. You could hardly walk because you had some blisters under your feet. And, you know, part of me was, I'm like, how is he going to run with blisters under his feet? This is like something physical. It's not mental. It's beyond that. We started running, walking slowly. And all I kept on thinking, and I wanted to ask you at that moment, what was really going through your mind? Somewhere, I think... For you, this was one of the biggest achievements. Because I saw you throughout that last stretch, I'm extremely proud that you really made the finish line. Because I know you had more than excuses in your mind, a lot of technical difficulties, like, you know, blisters with your shoes. And when you started running barefoot, which we normally do, and it's very comfortable, and the sun was really hot, and you started getting blisters and some sort of pain. And you went through the physical pain more than the mental pain together with it. I want to know what was going through your mind till that stretch, till we reached that shaded part. You're right. We've run barefoot on a jogging track. And I thought this would be the same thing because I felt the boardwalk where we were running was actually rougher, but it turned out it wasn't. And when I took off my shoes, the first five, six were easy. But when I started running more and more, I think it became really hot. And I started developing these blisters on your heel that really caused a lot of pain when I was running. Every time I would put my heel down, I would actually end up limping one more step to make up for the pain. And I think at that point is when I said, you know what, it's not worth it. I'll just give up. I'll take it easy. I'll run this some other time. And that's about right when you were sort of learning alongside me and you were putting your hands out like Shah Rukh Khan and you're talking about the blue sky. And so at that point, I think I figured that I should really not focus on this. I think focusing on something else will help change the conversation. And so you were playing some sort of music on your phone and I was listening to that and I decided to play the same music on my phone. You mentioned this earlier, we were playing these games with ourselves and I was doing the same thing. I'd say, you know what, man up. It's only a bit of a blister on your heel. Let's talk after 500 meters. So I finished the 500 meters, then I do a check-in. I think I finished up to 39 is when I caught up with you guys in that sort of area where it was a bit more shade. Getting to 40 was that. I was playing mental games with myself. I said, I'll only talk to myself if I finish this. Giving a reward to myself every time I did something, I finished 500 meters and then another 500 meters, another 500 meters. That's how I got through that process. Just not focusing on that pain and changing the story in your head. Easier said than done, though, I think, for all of us. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, at a point, my motivation to motivate you became, I'm like, you know what? If the rain doesn't complete 42, we'll have to do this all over again, all of us. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> dude, at a point, I wanted to hold you. I wanted to tell you that, dude. Don't do it for yourself. Do it for us. <laughs> Finish <laughs> it. Finish it. Because we'll have to do this whole thing again. <laughs> yeah, believe me, that thought crossed my mind. I'm like, I don't think I can do this again. And maybe that was also maybe one of the reasons why I have to, you know, I don't think I want to see these guys ever again. I don't want to do this ever again. I want to finish this today and get done with. I feel that was also a very big motivation in helping us finish the race. Any of us at that point wanted to run, do this again. But having said that, Jitu, would you run a 42 again? Yes, definitely. Yes. And I would say that without a doubt, because the high that 
I feel when I run and when I'm in my zone and when I'm in my rhythm is surreal. That is something I would like to experience. And I would definitely want to run a 42 again in a more formal environment with a running crew around us. Despite how you swore that you don't want to see us again for the next few months and the next few years. Yeah, it, it was ironical. The feeling at that point in time is exactly how you mentioned it. But a week later, we ran again as part of our recovery run. So it just goes to show that the love for running is genuine. Yeah, I don't know if it's the love for running or is it just the love for routine. We said this as we were talking, right? Our breakfast, catch-up times, our conversations, the sharing of podcasts and the sharing of music. I think those are really the things we look forward to. So running may be just a means to the end. True. And wanting that company, maybe wanting that conversation is really why we do what we do and we look forward to it. Preet, what are your thoughts? Would you do a 42 again? I would do a 42 on a heartbeat again. Not in the sun. Definitely not at the pump. <laughs> but I would yeah. definitely do it. Like Jesus said, it was surreal. For me, it was also euphoric. I think the sun got to me. I started sort of not hallucinating, but I started getting that woozy feeling in my mind. And when we finished the finish line, had breakfast, came home, slept, took some rest. You know, I had to actually remind myself. I was seeing the photos that, oh my God, we just finished a full marathon. It was a bit euphoric. I think I would do it again, almost as a pinch to myself that, okay, this really happened. We really did it. So that brings me to my next question. What's next? We started talking about this during the conversation about the marathon. We said we have something planned for the future. So I want both of you to tell us what are we thinking next. Jitu, what are your next plans? Well, we all planned this together. We all decided that we would be going beyond our limits and trying out some new skill. And we all signed up last December to get our paddy scuba license. And having successfully earned that in January, we plan to go and celebrate our marathon by going from the desert to the water, into the sea, in Maldives, and spend a couple of days under the water scuba diving. Absolutely. This is how we celebrate. Preet, what are some of your plans post the marathon? For me, it would be, you know, massaging your legs while scuba diving when you get cramps. <laughs> <laughs> If everybody could see the uh, sign that I'm making while we're recording this, there's a hand signal for cramps that you give to your friends when you're underwater. This is exactly what I'm doing right now. You know, to the listeners who can't see our faces, when we started this podcast, uh, you know, I could see actually how much we've grown from the time we started running, you know, did our 10K till we finished 42. And for everybody who might have not seen Dhirayn or Jitu in person, they have facial hair now. When we started running, they did not have any facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> They're sporting a mustache now and Jitu is sporting a beard. So we've come a long way. It's how we hide our pain. <laughs> <laughs> we found our Zen elsewhere. So one of the things that we've all, the both of you very conveniently forgot, we've planned and committed to finishing a triathlon next year. Preeti, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, what we had committed, if I clearly remember that, we will continue to do our longer runs or longish runs just for the breakfast with DCS and be 10K, 15K and sign up for swimming classes so that we can finish our uh, open water swimming. Chitu is a confidence swimmer in open water. I've uh, swam with him in, in Jumeirah Beach. I'm not that very confident swimmer. And Devin, I think you're a confident swimmer, but I don't think you can do the distance yet. No, I can't do distance. I can't do open water. I could do pool maybe, a few laps, but... I don't think I can do open water yet. So something that we need to work on. Yeah. 
So we've done the running part of it, checkbox. I know cycling would be much, much easier. So swimming has been another goal since many years that hasn't been checked off for me. So hopefully by this time next year, we'll have another episode where we're talking about how we finished the triathlon. Before we round up the episode, I want to ask you two more questions and then we'll wrap up. Jitu, if there was one mistake that you could avoid in your journey of being a runner, what would that be? Not answering your call. (laughs) 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 No, that's just kidding. The call when you found out that you were running a 42, yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. No, but honestly, I think like anything in life, it's always once you accomplish it, you just feel that wish you had done it earlier. But I'm glad that we managed to do the 42 before we turned 40. And just look forward to smashing more goals in the coming years. And Preet, what would be a mistake that you wish you hadn't done or someone else can avoid? In between the runs, I could see you and Jitu clocking in the miles. I feel I lacked off somewhere in between. And there was a bit of an overconfidence in my side because the longer runs we were making it. But it all came down to me on the final run where I was asking myself, why am I not that confident? Because there were a few weeks where I had missed out a few runs. Of course, a part of me kept on saying at that time that, you know what, it's okay. It's just one day. It's just one week. You'll catch up. And it did all catch up during the long run for me. Because that bit of that courage, although we have it on our medals, where it's like journey before destination, that's where it came in from. Like, you know, when Hazel and I were sitting down, we were talking about what should be the quote and what would be the most inspiring thing. And I'm like, you know, somewhere I stopped believing in the journey and I was looking forward to the destination. I'd be like, you know what? I just want to take this off. So for me, I would say have that and having clear accountability partners. I, I think two weeks before the run when we had done the 35 or something and we we're like, you guys, this is not working out. You guys have to hold me accountable for waking up every morning and running. And which you did, either you or Jitu would send a message on WhatsApp saying, all right, I've run. And there have been times when I've seen that WhatsApp in my bed and I'm like, these guys have done it. I really have to at least send them a genuine photo of me being outside running. That helped me so much. I cannot be thankful enough. Yeah, we've said it across this episode. Find someone who will keep you accountable. I think that's so important because something so big in life can only be achieved when you have a partner and a confidant and someone who you believe in and someone who believes in you, right? Yeah. What would be something for you? Then? I think the one mistake that I made early on was self-doubt. Even during the run, there was a lot of self-doubt. I'm like, you know, we'll see. If I don't finish it, I won't finish it. No big deal. I think that's a big regret that I still carry. Not that it's a regret, but it's more a lesson that I have to constantly remind myself. It's very easy to self-doubt. It's very easy to throw away your accomplishments and actually doubt. Like you said, we use the word imposter syndrome. Who am I to finish a 42 or who am I to finish a 21? I'm not a big person. I'm not a big deal. So self-doubt can show up in many different ways and at many different times. It's about letting it go or sort of overcoming that self-doubt with something more positive. So that's been my biggest regret as also my biggest lesson. Because even during the 42, there were so many times I said, fuck this shit. I don't think this is worth it. I could very easily be sitting home in front of my TV and watching Netflix. So like I said, self-doubt comes up in many different ways and thoughts. Next time you ask yourself, who am I? You should say, Cheetah Hetu. Bhai, Cheetah. Cheetah Hetu. Share a share. Share a share. I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, the story in your head, rather than asking the question, why should I be doing this? You should ask yourself, why not? Yeah. If you hear self-doubt, really just kill that thought in its tracks. Breathe, because you're on the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. I want to hear from you. What makes for an elevated entrepreneur, or maybe even an elevated 
person, if you will, in the context of doing big things in life? We're all a tribe supporting each other and growing together. If I elevate you, I am elevating myself with that as a human connection. It's our fundamental duty here. A lot of times we've moved from our hometown to the city life. We forget how important the tribe is and, you know, tend to lose connection with that as we get busier with the day. So for me, definitely what's elevated me over the time is the tribe. There's the five people that I hang out with. And, you know, I have to really add this to you that I met you was a coincidence, but investing the relationship with you and Jitu has been conscious because I wanted to hang out with people who I wanted to model in some way or, you know, who would pull me forward with the conversations and their actions. Yeah. Well, likewise, and thank you for sharing. I think Preeti has explained that really well. Just to add to that is for us, running was as much as an individual sport as much as it was a team sport. And having that group or crew around you is what helps to develop your mindset. So having the few people that you can count on your hand is what is important to elevate yourself and level up out of your comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. The crew, the team, your group, your company is very, very important. You said it earlier in the podcast, right, Preet? It's who you hang out with and that's what you're going to look like because if you hang out with runners, you're going to become a runner. So if you want to become something, hang out with someone who's already been there or done that or is in the process of doing that and you will eventually become that version of yourself. Finally, last question, you guys. You guys want to share your Instagram handles? Where can people find you? For me on Instagram, Sagar Preet. And one more place I want to tell the listeners where they could find me, you know, would be in Maldives with Jitu and Dureen, <laughs> sitting in the sun, sitting in the sun, basking in glory, or diving underwater, or diving underwater. You can reach me at at Gunwani underscore J. That's G U N W A N I underscore the letter J. It's on Instagram. For anybody who's listening and who wants to connect, guys, please feel free to reach out to Jitu and Preet over Instagram and I'm sure they'd be happy to share more stories of their runs. And gentlemen, I want to thank you both for being on the podcast and for sharing so transparently and for all of that you've talked about. Thank you for making this happen. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot, Dureen, for hosting this and helping us relive the memories. Dureen, thank you very much for taking this goal off my list of being on a podcast. Thank you so much for staying with me till the very end of the episode. You've done it. I've got three specific asks for you. Only if you think that this podcast is worthy of your support and if you've enjoyed the content. My first request is for you to hit the subscribe button. Actually smash that subscribe button so that you can get notified when new episodes come your way. Or if you haven't already, head on over to elevatedentrepreneur.fm and subscribe to the podcast on the website so that new episodes are emailed to you right away. My second request is for you to help me spread the word with your friends and families and business owners that would enjoy this podcast and help elevate them too. You can do that either by leaving a review on your Apple device or just telling your friends how cool this podcast is. And finally, if there's a question that you've been dying to ask me or if there's pieces of feedback that you'd like to give me, head on over to elevatedentrepreneur.fm slash speak where you'll be able to record a voice message that I can listen to and also maybe feature here on the podcast together with my answer. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you, much love and I'll see you in the next one.